Hello and welcome to the COVID in You podcast. Today I'm joined by Abigail talking about sustainability. Hi, <laughs> I'm Abigail. I go to college with Tapwa. So Abigail, how are you today? Good, good. Been doing some college work. Um, yeah, but ready to get started. So how have you found sort of dealing with college during the pandemic? Um, I think to begin with, I almost decided that I quite enjoyed um, doing all my work by myself because I could really uh, focus and like plan my time myself. Mm. But now, like next week, we're going back more and I'm just so ready to like be able to see my friends for more than like two hours at a time. Mm, yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I feel that like being at home was good for a bit. But now it's kind of been a bit overstayed and a bit overstretched. So I feel that, you know, getting back and being able to be in lesson with the whole class will be, you know, good. And I think if we delay sort of getting to know the other half of our lessons for any longer, I think I'll just be strangers to them to this point because I think I'm just going to not be able to get to know them. So I definitely feel that like now is the time or we're just never going to really meet them. Yeah, definitely. Like I'm so over teams calls. Like you can't interact with the teachers at all. No. So. Yeah, ready to have actual conversations in an actual classroom. Mm-hmm. And I think like not having that social interaction, just being on teams and everyone's kind of like silent and no one's to turn on their camera or the teachers just want so to ignore you. Just, oh, so right. <laughs> so what has been your general experience of the pandemic? Um, I think that uh, obviously like our GCSEs got cancelled and I remember there's a picture of me sitting, uh, like, listen, like watching Boris on the telly and um with my shirt signed and it's like that is so crazy you know we just got told everything stopped nobody knew what was going on and then um kind of just five months of like what am I meant to do you know I had nothing to do I did I started some like BSL courses and Mm. I was like my parents were clean uh, paying me to clean the house but I really didn't you know like apart from like picking up some hobbies I didn't really do anything for five Mm. months um and we lost a a family member so it was like then then that happened and then that was a whole thing um but yeah I feel like it was good in that I feel like I learned a lot about myself but Mm. yeah just so ready to get out of it now (laughs) can't tell you yeah I definitely feel that like during that period I had nothing to do so I was doing so much of the things that like normally I wouldn't be doing so I I watched so much tv I I read more than usual and I did all these different things and I just heard you say that you got paid to clean your house I I I know I (laughs) I literally did that on my own accord I went up and down cleaning corridors and everything just because you know I felt like it yeah they were like Abigail we're all in zoom calls apart from you so you just do all the cleaning and we'll pay you but and then I said can I get paid like minimum wage you went no you've got to do some of it for your love of your parents (laughs) I was like are you kidding (laughs) so why do you think the issue of sustainability has been affected by COVID-19 um well I think that like before the pandemic there was a move into better sustainable choices mm-hmm. um I think people were you know it became fashionable it became a trend which I guess could be good or bad because it means that it, at some point it might come out of fashion mm-hmm. but I think that e- even people who didn't really care about making more sustainable choices um were still you know using keep cups for their Starbucks you know bringing reusable containers in with their own lunch 
like it, it definitely looked like there was going to be more change and then the pandemic hit and like everything went out the window <laughs> it was I think the like it was really overwhelming you know there was so much change and like sustainability really wasn't at the top of our list no. um I remember at the beginning even there were like worries about whether we would get food like food availability um so really where it comes from wasn't the top priority <laughs> no 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 I think yeah and, like pre-pandemic was sort of the high point for sustainability because for so long it kind of been a bit taboo to be like oh yeah I'm recycling I'm doing this and that and the other yeah the second it became a trend and something that you know everyone could be doing and you know something that looked good and made sort of people think about their choices more that was when you know it was at the highest point and I think having the pandemic where you know we've had to have medical equipment made from sort of disposable items and things like that we've now sort of gone back to our old habits yeah definitely I mean like we're gonna have masks and tests and gloves mm. like in the we're gonna find them in the beach for like 30 years to come my grandkids are gonna be like what is this and I'm gonna have to explain the about the pandemic to them <laughs> <laughs> how have you and your friends been able to manage the pandemic um I think to be honest at the beginning I was really rubbish at it uh we really didn't talk that much um didn't you know I, I really kept myself to myself um and also at points found it hard to bring myself to like reply to messages and stuff uh, but then I think once we came out of the pandemic uh, out of uh, lockdown and then back into it again um, it made me miss them more you know remember what I was missing mm. um, so we would you know watch Netflix together you know setting dates to do things I know that uh, we did like a quiz with some family friends every week but I think really it's just so important to communicate with each other, not just to check in on each other, although obviously that is so important. Um, but yeah, just just making sure that people know that they're not on their own because family situations are so different as well. Um, so and for, for a lot of people, um, being away from home with their friends is an escape. Um, so to be able to make sure that that part of your life is still there is really important. Mm, definitely I feel like a lot of people sort of use utilize the pandemic as a point where they you know they could um keep in contact with their friends as much as they could and really sort of utilize the things like social media and things like zoom and stuff like that to try and get together with their friends even if you said even as you said sort of getting together and watching movies on Netflix or even just having little quiz nights and things like that those little moments were sort of very very precious and um a very very good thing to have and especially really beneficial for people's mental health definitely yeah so when it comes to sustainability before the pandemic obviously as we've mentioned you know it was much better and a lot of people sort of jumped on that trend a bit more to sort of utilize the tools that they could have and really use more reusable items as opposed to disposable things and to try and better the environment in small ways what were you personally doing to better the environment in small ways um I think um, particularly as I said like you know I got myself a keep cup and um you know did think about um I remember um when once I went to Starbucks with my mate and I can't remember what I got but it was a cold drink I said can I have it in a um a paper cup please uh, I mean it's not great anyway going to Starbucks but <laughs> for sustainability wise but um, and they all looked at me like I was mad but I think um, mainly, I mean, out of my household, I, I rigorously make sure that we're putting as much stuff in recycling as we can. Um, I walk to college, which is like, it's like a bit further than normal. So I think mm. most people would probably take the bus. 
I'm just bigging myself up here. Most people probably take the bus, but um, you know, I decide to walk, and it's quite a nice walk. You know, it's it's not, you know, by the time you're there, you know, I stick a good podcast on, and I'm on yeah. my way. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, personally, when it comes to sort of traveling, I'm not as sustainable. But as much as I can, I try to sort of car share or try and get the bus when I can because where I live is walkable it just means that I'm gonna have to wake up very very early just to get to school and you know waking two three hours earlier than school actually begins probably isn't the best thing so as much as I can I try and be sustainable with my recycling and sort of the little things that you can do on your own as opposed to sort of the bigger things but definitely sort of you know on the education side of things there's quite a bit you can do yeah definitely I think that um something that's really important as well is it's for some it's so hard for people to um, be sustainable you know it's really convenient to just pick it up off the shelf and buy it Mm. um so I think we really have to celebrate you know small things that we do um and I think even things like not buying something um you know is such a you know especially for you know for people who are finding it really difficult it's such a huge achievement um because it's just that one less thing you know um and to be able to uh, reduce it's not just about what you do do but what you're not doing is just as important yeah and I can see that though definitely because initially before I used to always make it sort of it almost came like a tradition for me to always you know before school I go to the shop and I buy a pack of donuts and now Yeah. yeah the donuts are you know only 50p and it's not really breaking my bank that much but in the long term it's making the environment so much more worse so if there are other ways I can go about it for example going directly to a bakery a local one for example and getting it straight and not having to sort of put it in a plastic bag or anything or having my own sort of Tupperware box that I can keep it in so that you know I have it for later or I can have it straight away but at least I'm not sort of having um single-use plastics or anything like that to keep it in and I've got something to sort of reuse and have about yes yeah I really agree like things yeah as I said it's just so convenient to just pick it up off the shelf but Mm. you know just those little things you know making sure that it's local um and even just being a bit more prepared and having to keep cup in your bag even if you're not using it you know if you want to and you you've not decided that that morning but later on you go oh if I had my keep cup and then you find in the bottom of your bag so you can Mm. use it (laughs) and I think definitely before the pandemic I was using so much more sort of flasks and things like that that initially I'd never really used before and I think even now I'm still using the same things it's just that because I'm not really out as often I don't really take flasks and cups like that as much but at least knowing that I have them on me and I have them about is a good thing. So if I do make that last minute decision, especially when things are now sort of opening up again, I can say, you know what? Yeah, let me get that drink from that shop or let me go buy a couple of snacks from there because I know at least I've got a reusable container and something that's not going to damage the environment. Yeah, definitely. So um, currently there is an environmental bill um, sort of being in um, in place and a lot of politicians are against this bill as they don't feel that it's going to make any monumental changes, which to an extent is understandable because it doesn't really include anything on sort of plastic pollution within this bill. But do you think MPs should still support the bill and offer sort of their reforms to it? Yeah, I think that any even if, um, as you said, like it's it's not going to have an effect. I think you have to show um, not just individually, but as a as a whole, uh, that the government is supporting um, making some change. Um, you know, 
I think the maybe the real reason that they're less keen is because they profit off of it and um that it's yeah it, it makes so much money being unsustainable mm. um and to be able to and, and to go against that and say you know oh you know we should just we should start this uh, we should do this bill we should it goes against you know all the things that they make money from mm. so this bill obviously you know doesn't include every single thing that um people that are looking to change the climate has but a reform that has been sort of just suggested by numerous people and something that could potentially be useful is um, having some sort of tax on things like single-use plastic bottles of all sizes, similar to that with the plastic bags. Do you think this could be a useful thing to add to the bill? Oh my word, yes. I mean, if you think about, um, I don't know why I remember the statistic, but uh, when they introduced the tax on plastic bag, like the paying for plastic bags, um, it reduced I'm pretty sure it was by like 80% reduced the use of by 80% like that is so much mm. um, and think about like I mean so you could argue that that money um, if you did it with like plastic bottles and stuff should go towards creating a more sustainable future mm. um, which could be monumental but even if you didn't reducing the use of single-use plastic by like 80% would be ridiculous <laughs> like it would be such a big move forward mm. And especially, and it's not even something that couldn't happen or wouldn't help the environment, because you can see in places like Germany, for example, they introduced the fund and they found that um, recycling within Germany of plastic bottles has increased by 70% just from having that. And currently our recycling rates are in the sort of 30s, 40s. So I definitely think that it's possible and it can create change. So something like the fan then having some sort of like tax on plastic bottles of all sizes. So not even just the sort of bottles that you use for drinking water could really really help especially when it comes to sort of homelessness as well because you see in Germany how a lot of people make money off the fund and they take people's plastic bottles and recycle them for others and that money that they get from the bottles they can use to get into shelters and things like that so not only are you sort of prever- preserving the environment but you're also helping people that haven't really got as much. Yeah I mean I think that just anything that would help you know um, I think it's so important we have quite a high um, homelessness rate it's particularly where we live but um in other places in the uk um i mean is it not a no-brainer like that it solves so many issues and like mm. we're still not willing to do it i really don't understand <laughs> no i definitely don't so as we've seen during the pandemic and having no cars on the roads and uh, in lockdown and things like that We've really seen how the environment's gotten so much better because I've woken up so many mornings during lockdown and I've seen the weather to be amazing and I've not had to worry about sort of noise pollution or air pollution and things like that. And do you think that there could be a way that we can sort of replicate the good weather and the sort of the better environment that we've had during the lockdowns outside of the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just so wonderful. I mean, you know, watching those videos of like fish returning to lakes and mm. deer coming out and walking across the roads and all that absolutely bizarre, crazy stuff. I thought it was so beautiful to watch nature um, come back out of its shell. Yeah. Think, um, and we really forget how much we impact their lives and how, you know, how much of this, how much space we take up. You know, just because we leave a woodland at the bottom of the hill, I mean, we, we've already that the estate on the top of the hill has already wiped out so much more woodland. Yeah. Um, and like, 
Yeah, I mean, I think that we really should replicate it. Um, I mean, the Paris Climate Agreement um, promise that we've signed promises that we'll get to net zero by 2050. Um, I don't really think that the government right now are focused on that necessarily. No. But doing things like this, you know, walking more, every every little thing helps because um, like it, it really disheartens. Even me, you know, um, a lot that often when you know you're doing sustainable things, it really doesn't feel like it's making that much of an impact. But it takes those few people um, to influence other people, and then you know, it's like it's like a domino effect, and then mm. everybody's doing it. Um, so yeah, any little help that you can make really does go a long way. So within your own area where you live, do you have many green spaces? Because it's been seen that green spaces can really sort of bring back the sort of natural life within areas, especially when, you know, um, there's a load of people sort of living in the UK and a lot of places are having to be sort of um, taken down so they can build more houses. But within your own area, do you see a lot of green spaces? Um, I think we have green, you know, I think there are like parks and bits of woodland. I don't really think there's enough, um, but, you know, the houses have to be built somewhere, I guess, but <laughs> would be the other argument. But yeah, I mean, we have um, a woodland nearby um, and you see lots of the animals come out at night. Like we have a lot of foxes here and things like that. But I think that, yeah, there just needs to be, it needs to be higher up on the agenda. I think that, um sustainability as a whole does but I think you know particularly green spaces and needs to be higher on the list of priorities um just having you know a patch of green um to walk your dog on in the morning isn't Mm. really enough for all the animals um and I think also it is beneficial to us because um especially during the pandemic you know it's taken us um got us walking given us somewhere to go um you know, I, I rarely go there, to be completely honest. But when I do go, um, there's often like monk jack or deer. I mean, it's crazy. And it's just like five minutes down the road from where I live. <laughs> mm, there's like so much sort of hidden nature and hidden sort of animals within areas. That a lot of people never really notice until sort of lockdown and having these sort of cleaner spaces and greener spaces. And definitely we need a load more and we need to try and get them in as many public spaces as possible. But what do you think could be done within schools? Um, I think schools is a really good question. I know that um, uh, one of the schools I went to had a bit of woodland um, on the like on the outskirts, and I think that you know use if you're not using all the space, um, so you know if bits of the playground aren't being used, and then to create it into a more you know hospital, I can't remember if hospitable is the right word, but you know um, encouraging more wildlife into Mm. those areas. Um, and even just, um, you know, in younger years and younger levels, like teaching them, you know, the impact of what they do. Um, I think, again, particularly in the pandemic, when we were all out walking, um, as great as it was to have those spaces, it probably didn't do great for all the little creatures and bugs that lived there that we were all trampling all over, um, which is quite sad to think, really. I mean, I guess everything comes with a downside. But, um, yeah, I think schools just need to be able to... Um, first of all take accountability of what they aren't doing and what they need to change but yeah also just turn all the spaces that they can into um, places that you can also use but just in different ways yeah I feel that 
a lot of the land that isn't being used should definitely be reclaimed more as much as we can and if we are going to have sort of areas where people can go out and have walks with their animals we should definitely sort of work on the conservation side of things whether it be sort of small things like bird feeders or sort of bug hotels and little things like that where animals sort of have the spaces to sort of regenerate and to be able to like reclaim the bits of land where initially they weren't able to be there. Yeah definitely and I think that um, it's really important as well to look at what um, the area needs so say I mean I can tell you from the amount they scream outside my window at night that the foxes here are not in short supply but um, you know if the population was dwindling and they needed some place to go then that's what that area could be turned into Mm. um, really listening to nature and what it needs. Yeah I think the pandemic has given a point for us to sort of listen to nature and I definitely think we should sort of utilize this point now especially when a lot of people have a lot more free time and they have the ability to be at home more especially when you know people are working from home or doing school from home or whatever and to definitely sort of take the little green spaces that they have and make sure you know it's hospitable as you said for sort of animals and plant life and everything that's sort of living about and to try and create more green spaces even if it's sort of within your own home you know sometimes just having little plants a little um trees and things like that can be really really beneficial for the environment so what do you think people can do at home within their own environments? Um, well, I think, you know, oh, fingers crossed, this is the end of the pandemic now. We're on our way out and it will be a lot of picking up the pieces. It'll be another big change to adjust to, but um, just to really use it as a step up and a new beginning. Mm. Um, so we need to start, you know, holding companies more accountable, um, looking for the more sustainable products. Um as much as it is more convenient um, to just pick it up and pay for the cheap mm. one, um, in the long haul, it can, you know, using every bit of what you have um, when you buy things, not letting food go to waste, looking for the more sustainable products um, and doing some research as well, thinking about like greenwashing and things, all these companies that might have a paper, um, may, might have a paper option, but if they actually cared about the environment, that's all they would have um, <laughs> and have sustainability when you say when you're shopping for example have sustainability be up there as in your priority list right up there with the prices of the items um and yeah it is just really hard because it makes it takes everyone to make a massive difference but everyone will only start doing it if someone starts um i know my sustainable friends like they make me way more conscious of the decisions i make um and yeah, I think just literally anything you can do up to making sure that um, anything you do, um, anything you recycle, make sure it's the right type of plastic, uh, make sure things like, so um, just been Easter and we've got loads of foil from Easter, uh, Easter eggs, making sure that they're like golf ball size so that it can be sorted properly. And it's literally, you know, just the research, doing everything you can and any little thing literally helps. <laughs> Yeah, I think we should really focus on sort of doing little things and trying to make sure that we better ourselves. And then as we sort of do that, I think that we can have sort of an effect on other people because if they can see what we're doing, they might do the same thing as well. And even though, you know, we might think, like as you said, that what you're doing is not enough or it's not really going to make a big difference. I think that once more people see what other people are doing and the chain sort of goes on and on and on and on through those different people, then eventually, you know, it will make a big change. And yeah, it start off small, but everything good has started off small and there has been you know small people and a minority of people that thought these things were a good thing to do and then eventually it became something that the majority of people were doing 
Yeah, I mean, even things like, um, especially during the pandemic, there was a really big increase in um, the number of small businesses and buying from small businesses. So I love Etsy. It always makes me want to buy loads of things. Mm. <laughs> um, and I also cool. like Etsy because it, it, <laughs> it offsets all its carbon emissions for every order. And it's just little things like that. Like, I didn't know that until just the other day. Um, but yeah, you, you start doing it and then everyone starts doing it. And then hopefully um, there'll be some... Um, changes higher up in the chain when they realize that uh, the way that they're doing it now isn't really the best for the planet and there's not going to be a planet left if we don't make some change now <laughs> you know what i never actually realized that etsy did that I, I just kind of like i like etsy because you know a lot of it is small businesses and people are doing handmade yeah. things or reusable things so i never actually knew that they offset um carbon emissions so that's definitely you know a plus and i think like during the pandemic, I've had so many points where I've sort of seen all these new sites and seen all these new things and seen that, like, you know, I can have clothes that I want, but maybe just clothes that are more sort of reusable and go to places like, you know, charity shops and thrift stores and stuff like that more often. Oh, I love charity like, shops so much. <laughs> yeah, like you can get some decent things. And a lot of people always have that sort of stigma around charity shops and things are like, oh, it's just for old people or this, that and the other. It's only weird people to go there. But you see a bunch of people in charity shops and yeah. if you sort of like spend time sort of going around to different places like even as you travel go to different areas and different charity shops you can definitely get loads of different things for example like I was in Hadley um during um, lockdown at one point and we went to this charity shop and they literally had like new stuff from like River Island and things like that and they oh. and then someone didn't only use them like a couple of times but took them to a charity shop and they literally look brand new so you can definitely find a lot of good things and things that you want at a decent price and you know it's better for the environment because you're reusing it and even if you yourself have got things that you know that are sort of not fitting properly or things that you don't like anymore you can go and resell them on depop or and um, put them on ebay or sort of give them to your friends or give them to a younger sibling or something like that so that it can be reused again yeah it's just like making the most of everything that you have even if it's not you making the most of it you know just making sure that everything is spread as thinly as possible and that you get every last bit out of what you buy um but yeah oh I just love charity shops so much I remember mm. um walking in there once and there were these like corduroy red flared trousers and I, I was so in love but I didn't buy them because I was like I'll never wear them but um when I went home I was like I, I just have to buy them so I, I thought about them all night and then woke up really early the next morning to go buy them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have red, I have this red corduroy skirt. It's honestly amazing. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to pull out in summer because it was just, oh, it was just a gem. And like, that's what, that's what happens. Like you go into a charity shop, like, oh, there might not be anything. But like, if you travel or if you sort of spend the time looking through the charity shops, you can actually find like such good items. And like, yeah, yeah, they may have been used a couple of times or whatever, but you know, there's a thing called a washing machine. You can just kind of like wash them and then, <laughs> you can, or even hand wash them yourself, you know, and then you can just reuse them. Exactly, yeah. And I think as well, um, yeah, as you say, there might not be a load of stuff in there, but what you do find that you like are absolute gems. And especially mm. as, um, as I said, it, it, it's coming more into fashion to be more sustainable. Um, I think I'm very lucky to have the option to um, be able to choose um to buy things in charity shops you know a lot of people don't have that um opportunity um but yeah just to be able to um make sure that i'm making this impact and also i think that yeah you you do you just find some gems in there they're so good <laughs> so if you could speak to any decision maker right now on the issue of sustainability what would you ask for 
Um, I don't know if I could pick one of them. I think just all of them. They all just need to do a better job. They need to um, actually have sustainability and the future um, in the hands of, you know, at, at the top priority. Because I, I really don't think that that's what their priorities are right now. Um, you know, all these people working um, to create our future. Um, and, and I think as well, you need to they need to stop saying um you know oh you know as the youth uh, as you know our next generation you're gonna fix everything it's like well you're in power now um and and you're building our future so could you just do a bit of a better job please yeah i feel like a lot of decision makers don't really take young people as seriously even though like a lot of things that they're doing we could also do as well and a lot of things that they're talking about we could also do as well so i definitely feel that politicians and decision makers really need to listen to us more on the issues that are prevalent for us because there's no point in us sort of sitting around and waiting till it's our time to sort of get into government and get into these high um, positions we should sort of be acting now and they should be listening to us now because quite frankly we'll be the ones that are sort of looking after them when they're old and I'm not saying this to be like oh my god yeah when we look after you we're gonna make it all rubbish for you guys so you have like a cash (laughs) life or whatever but I'm just saying that you know it would be nice to listen to young people as constituents not as sort of like the little kids that are parents of constituents and have less of a focus on sort of just your 18 year olds and overs and sort of think about the younger people as well because you know eventually we will be voting and you know in a couple of years times we'll be sort of making decisions on our life on where we want to go and what careers and stuff like that and definitely they should be sort of more understanding and more listening to what we have to say yeah definitely I think that we're often seen as a hindrance um Mm. in the way that um we were really scapegoated um during like because due to the pandemic especially the first like rise in the peak in cases when we went back into that like second lockdown Mm. um we were really scapegoated um and still are I think that all our actions are um, you know, our fault and even things like um, Gavin Williamson uh, was talking, I can't remember if it's this week or the other week, um, about how, you know, because of the pandemic um, and the disrupted learning, all the kids are going to have, um, or they're all going to be really badly behaved and we need yeah. to crack down on their behaviour. Yeah. It's like, well, they've just gone something through something potentially so traumatic. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm sure that if that was um, an older generation that you'd all be being really sympathetic about it um, mm-hmm. and I think yeah we just need to think that we we aren't just a hindrance uh, we are actually here to stay and right now here to stay long, longer than you are <laughs> that sounds yeah. awful doesn't it um, but, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but you know, we're the ones that are going to take over so <laughs> we need, no, we need like... to give us our world in good hands yeah, and I, I agree with you 100% because, you know, we are the sort of the future change makers and the, we're the ones that are sort of creating a path and making way and, and we're the ones that are sort of deciding on what we want to see in the future. And if that's not really taken seriously by the people that are sort of in these high power positions, what are we going to think of when we're sort of tasked with the role of potentially choosing roles within that sector I think there'll be less young people that go oh yeah I want to be a politician or I want to be sort of part of the UN and this that and the other and a lot of people just kind of go "Mm, not really I mean when I was younger they never really listened to me and I think if we have that mentality now nothing will change nothing will get better because we're not sort of listening to one one another we're all just kind of like ignoring each other so definitely if we want to make a change and not even just within sort of sustainability, but with mental health, with education, with any sort of inequality, 
we definitely need more listening and more cooperation between the young and the old. Yeah, completely. Like, I don't think that um, you have to be experts on us. You know? No, 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 no. <laughs> We're quite complex. <laughs> no, um, I think that, yeah, listening to different um, minority groups and, um, yeah, those that have, like, it's, it's so obvious to us um, what our issues are mm. and, you know, what young people need, but... Um, and, and we're trying to tell them, but um, if, if you don't listen to us, then you're not going to be able to interact with us as, as, no. as well. And then we're going to be mad and then nobody's going to get along. <laughs> mm, mm, definitely. So throughout your experience of the pandemic, what would be your number one tip for yourself or anyone else going through a pandemic again? Oh, big question. Um, I think that being able to um I'd love to be able to say yeah find a purpose find something to do um but I think I tried to do that the whole time and I'm not sure I achieved that um but I think just being really gentle with yourself Mm. making sure that you're taking care of yourself um talking to people about it it it, it's really unhelpful because I think it's a very um it's a very well said thing I think everybody says it um and that often means it loses meaning but yeah, just just being really gentle with yourself, um, really thinking about um, working hard, like to work with yourself, with your body, mm. um, keeping healthy. Um, I mean, because I, I got I remember I got really sick of people saying, go outside. It's like, I don't want to go outside. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, just stop it. But um, yeah, even just doing different things, keeping your mind active. And just listening to what your body really needs. Yeah, I think it's just all about sort of being candid with yourself and being real with your emotions and however you're feeling. And if you need that help and you need sort of that space or whatever you kind of need in general, you should really just be open and honest about it. And not just honest with other people, but just yourself in general. So, yeah. Yeah, being ready to accept that you're not going to be happy the whole time. (laughs) Like, um, yeah, just it's going to be, I remember, you know, um when tiktok first came out we were all pretending we didn't have it but um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah and we were um yeah just sitting there um watching tiktok everybody was doing all these cool things you know bleaching their jeans and painting cow print on stuff yeah Um, and me thinking you know i want to do that and then at the end sitting and thinking well you know i I, i'm not doing that stuff and i think even on a deeper level just remembering that you are actually human and it's okay to be sad it's okay to if if you don't allow yourself to feel that it's gonna be way worse in the long run you know give yourself time and a space to be able to feel those things definitely definitely I think that's something that I've really taken on board during the pandemic to actually sort of sit down myself and if I'm not okay to just let it out and I think that's where sort of healthy coping mechanisms come in and it's really that you need to find something that you can do to sort of help yourself and something that won't hurt other people sort of mentally or physically or yourself mentally or physically to sort of let that go, whether it be sort of gardening and getting out into green spaces or it be sort of making art or sort of drawing and stuff like that. Definitely just to find something that helps you and sort of helps your mind to be at rest. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you ever so much, Abigail, for talking to us today. It has been very interesting to hear your thoughts on sustainability and I definitely hope we can do this again. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you.
Um, so yeah, thank you ever so much and goodbye. <laughs>